You better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Yes, sir. Sing along. It's Friday. You made it to the end of the week. Hallelujah. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Hey, uh, what happened in Starkville last night? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I'm talking about it takes some teams... A whole weekend to score 27 runs in a game. I think the I think when you come in here today on a on a Friday where you had a Thursday night game that 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 happened 27 to two Tennessee 27 runs on 25 hits. It could have been worse. They left seven guys on base. They're having a good time with baseball right now. Hey, look, okay, just just go and enjoy it. Shoot. I mean, 27 runs on 25 hits. I wonder what it would have been like if they'd actually been in Rocky Top. <laughs> um, they hadn't come down on Rocky Top. They're sky high right now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to tell you what. That that was one of those where, like, they went back-to-back-to-back to back to back home runs in the first inning. And so, like, Bill... I was running around yesterday afternoon doing all kinds of stuff. When the show was over, um, we had things to do. And then late yesterday afternoon, I was mowing grass and doing this and that. And The game started at 6, I guess. And I I was kind of getting my supper on the plate and putting some water in the glass and getting ready to sit down and start eating and all this. And the game was already starting. So I'm like, well, I'll be tuning in on my phone late. But I'll just tune in and see what's happening. I'll probably catch it in the first inning, right? Mm-hmm. I sit down. What did I have for supper last night? Oh, I had leftover Mexican food. That's what I had. A lot of times we get Mexican food and Mary Liddy won't eat all of hers. And so I get to eat the rest of hers the next day. So I was, you know, and like heating up some queso from the day before. Then that's not mm-hmm. all bad right there. No. So as I sit down, I'm about to start feeding my face. I get the app pulled up on my phone. Turn the game on. Okay, it's the top of the first inning. Brandon Smith on the mound. There's one out. Nobody on. One out. Top of the first. They're going. It's so early in the broadcast. They are going over like the the starting lineup for one of the teams when I turn the phone on. The first 
pitch I saw thrown when I turned my phone on went gone to left field. Home run, one zip. Something immediately pulled me away from the table. I can't remember what it was, but maybe somebody rang the doorbell. Something happened. So I had to jump up real quick. Even though I just saw that happen, one to nothing, solo home run. I jump up, I have to leave my food, I go take care of something, I come back, I sit back down, I look at the phone, and it's like, well, wait a minute. It's two to nothing. But that was a solo home run. I'm so confused. It's two, wait a minute. How's it two to? I look at my phone. The next pitch I saw thrown, <laughs> gone. And that's when I hear the announcer on the broadcast go, back to back to back. It's three zip. I turned it off. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't watching this. I know how this is going to go already. Now, Bill, you'll find this uh, entertaining. I, I don't guess you've gotten the chance to meet Dan Skinner from High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany, but you've heard me talk about Dan. Yes, many times. So Dan was at the game last night with his uh, with two of his grandchildren, his grandson, his granddaughter, and uh, we were texting some during the game. I went to bed really early and went to sleep, and I missed the last text that he sent me. I woke up to it this morning, and then I looked, and he had posted on Facebook. It was a picture. It was a great picture of he and his two grandchildren smiling, taking a selfie, big old smiles on their faces. And you know what the caption of the picture was? Hail State, we only need 21 runs to win this ball game. <laughs> and I thought, now, there, there you go. Now, that's great. Okay, that's that's a good attitude. Big smiles on their faces. They were enjoying it. And they were enjoying the laser show put on by the Tennessee lineup last night. And their ace, uh, Dollander, got the win. He goes to 8 0. They uh, win 27 2. Seven home runs in the game for Tennessee. It's just incredible. Now, I mean, and they're good, but State has. Here recently, State has just melted down. Hey, and some of you stat gurus might be able to look this up quicker than I can. But I was thinking about this. So it was three to nothing in the top of the first last night for Tennessee. And and anybody that's followed State, you know how many games recently State has been behind in the first inning. So if you were to go back, I, I would again, it would take me a little bit to go back and look up all these box scores. I'm venturing to guess that in probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five of their last seven or so games, at least, they've trailed in the first inning. I'd love to know the last time State had a scoreless first inning. Yeah. I mean, and look, here, here's that game last night is what you get when you get like super-duper talented, good, confident team. They're, they're far and away the number one team in the country versus a team that is just basically wrapping it up, has no confidence at all. That's just where they are right now. <clears throat> I mean, Tennessee out hit State 25-5, to and, of course, outscored them 27-2. to Good night. I'd kind of be willing to predict that last year's championship team just played this year's championship team. That's the way it looks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure does. That's I don't certainly think anybody can beat Tennessee. Well, and Tennessee was in Omaha last year. They were a really good team yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, so this will be if they can make it this year, which they should. You know, it'd be back to back trips to Omaha for Tennessee. And when you look, Bill, at Mississippi State, 
you know, we we point to last year's team and winning the whole thing. There has to be something to the fact that that team last year, so when you talk about Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, that team last year had been to five straight Super Regionals, three straight trips to Omaha, three consecutive trips to the College World Series. And when you're there that much, Yes, your chances of winning it go up because you're there, right? Statistically, the chances just go up. But the experience for that, the experience of having been there and gone through it. I mean, it. so if Tennessee – and again, I'm going to back up and say this, okay? This Tennessee baseball team is the most dominant college baseball team I think I've ever watched. And I will say that last year watching Arkansas – I kind of felt the same way. I don't know that I was em- as emphatic coming out on the radio last year about Arkansas, but Arkansas last year was dominant in the regular season. They were dominant at the SEC tournament. They were dominant in their regional, but then got beat by NC State in the Super Regional, and that's baseball. You get the Super Regional stuff and Omaha stuff, it gets weird. Let's admit it. It gets weird. Super Regional stuff can be weird. It's like Arizona versus that 2016 Mississippi State team that had Dakota Hudson. State was loaded, won the SEC regular season, and didn't make it out of their own Super Regional in Starkville and lost to Bobby Dahl back in Arizona. You know, Super Regional stuff can be weird. Last year, I, I wouldn't have bet you a nickel that Arkansas wouldn't be in Omaha. But that's what happened. But I'm telling you, Whatever you thought Arkansas was last year in terms of dominance, this Tennessee team, you double that. That's just how over-the-top dominant they are, really. I mean, they're just – you can't put one over the plate without them hitting it out of the ballpark. At least that's how I feel about it right now after watching that ball game last night. Uh, Smokey texts the show first today, and he said – Matt, uh, we had a great time at the game yesterday. He's got uh, pictures with he, they got to see Bully, the mascot. Kids had pictures. It looks like they had a really, really good time. Smokey says some most runs ever scored in an SEC game, and I think didn't. Well, I, the other thing I saw Smokey is it's State's worst loss in an SEC game in program history. The the twenty five run margin, worst they've ever lost in an SEC game. All right. Uh, a bunch of other texts to come to, as you can imagine, so I'm going to hit you up. But first, over here on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. In fact, means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. On line one, we got Next Gen Rev. What's up, Mr. Baseball? Hey, Matt. How you doing today? Just right. Good to hear from you. Hey, so uh, earlier in the week, I think this is interesting on the state discussion. Uh, I was had the pleasure of being on a show with Mr. David Hayes in Northwest Florida. He's on uh, ESPN Northwest Florida. Mm-hmm. He uh, reached out to CWS two four seven and asked for an interview, and so they asked me to take that call. And so I, I did. I called David that day, and we spoke for a little bit about fifteen minute conversation, and then I stayed on the line and listened to his next interview, which was with R.J. Yeager of. State baseball team. Yeah, okay. And one of the questions he asked RJ, he was very good. He, he provided everybody with questions beforehand, so I and RJ were both well prepared for the questions he was going to ask. And, and he asked RJ, he said, you know, 
man, what's going on? Like, what, you know, you guys are obviously a talented bunch. You're experienced. Like, you know, what what are you guys doing? And RJ said, man, we're just, they were trying a little bit too hard. You know, it's kind of a cliche thing to say. But, and, and so I heard that and I was like, well, maybe they're going to figure it out tomorrow or, you know, Friday, Thursday, I guess. And, uh, I didn't get to watch much of the game yesterday, but it doesn't feel like they uh, were very relaxed much right. of that game. You know, and next gen, I think that there's obviously something to that. Um, and I know for a fact there's definitely something to that early in the year, right? Where, you know, you're coming off, you win a national championship, everybody's been talking about it the whole offseason, the fan base is buzzing, and we can't wait for opening weekend, you know, all that stuff. And so there's probably some added pressure, and that just goes with the territory, and everybody understands that. The thing is, like, here we are late in the year, you know, and the postseason is out the window. Uh, you're not playing in the NCAA tournament. That's it. I mean, that's a that's the fact now. And so, as far as like last night, I I don't know the reason that they would be pressing and playing too hard last night. You know what I mean? It's almost like maybe they relaxed and it backfired on them. I hate to say, it, but that's kind of how that one looked last night. That's definitely how it felt. I was at the Mississippi Braves game last night, trying not to dwell too hard on either one of the games, and right. I checked the the box score per- periodically, and man, it just felt like you know maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they did just try to have a little bit too much fun. And <laughs> hey, um, I'm glad you're on here though. I didn't see uh, the Ole Miss and Texas A&M game. I only read a little bit that they were they were getting after each other and jawing with each other at the, in that ninth inning last night. Did you catch wind of anything, like what that was about? Like, and, and what, the pitcher got thrown out of the game and then Bianco got tossed? Yeah, so I saw, you know, what the camera showed us, which obviously isn't always the whole picture, but um, the gentleman hit the second back-to-back home uh, the second of two back-to-back home runs, and as he was trotting around the bases, evidently said something to the second baseman at Ole Miss, and I don't know if that was caused by, you know, stuff from the first base dugout, which is where Ole Miss is at or what, but he had some words, but, you know, this is something that happened somewhere last year. Oh, did uh, it? So it goes back know, to the A&M we'll series last year. A gentleman that graduated early, you know, left A&M last year, he hit like six home runs against us last year. And when okay. he did, he every time he would hit a home run, he would, he would kind of jaw at us. He's gone now, but this is <laughs> you know, similar team. Yeah. And, uh... So he had some words for Shotnier. Shotnier and Bench both nearly got thrown out of the game, or Shotnier and Gonzalez nearly got thrown out of the game. They got warning. The whole uh-huh. bench got a warning. Mm-hmm. And then the A&M bench got a warning. And then the next pitch, uh, I think it was Gaddis was on the mound, threw a pitch behind, I thought it hit him, <laughs> but behind the next batter. <laughs> got him thrown out. And because the dugout had already gotten a warning, Bianco got thrown out with him. Oh, I see. So even though Bianco didn't do anything, he's sort of innocent bystander in that? Scenario. That's what the ESPN broadcast made it out. Wow! To be. Because they, obviously, because, I didn't see the whole thing. But. Because the whole bench had gotten a warning. Wow. Okay, so what's the what does that mean? Does he not get to coach today's game? Right. So Bianco's out today, and then the pitcher will be out today's game, tomorrow's game, the first round of the SEC tournament, and then if we win that game the second round of the SEC tournament, and if we don't and still go to a regional, he'll be out the next game, of, or the first game of the regional. So he's out for four what? games after yesterday. Four games. You're kidding me. I didn't realize that. 
pretty much anything a pitcher can get thrown out for is a is a game current and then a four game suspension afterwards. Uh, but I know for a fact if you quote unquote intentionally throw at a batter, which I mean you like to think he didn't intentionally do it, but it looked pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's four games. Four games, which would extend to the possibly, maybe to the first game of the regional. Yep. If we don't win a game in Hoover, then it'll be yeah. to the first game of the regional. Which he's been, he started some games for us, and he's been a, a good pitcher at times. Yeah. But he's kind of become a key part of the bullpen, so you definitely don't want to have to play game one without him. No, you don't. Well, and, and you know, look, maybe it's go in there, win that day one game against whoever you play in Hoover next week. And then you can put that to bed. Make sure you get him back. So maybe it's more incentive to win some games in Hoover. And that, you know, and who knows if you don't mess around, if, if you don't win the next two against A and M, they may be in a situation where they go into Hoover really wanting to win to make sure they are securely in the tournament. Now, am I crazy to think that? I I'm trying my best to judge this no, RPI no, I think, thing. I think you're right. I think I think if uh, if you don't get, give me one second. Matt. Yeah. Can you go around me real quick? Can you go around me real quick? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, man. I got to cut this short. I'll give you a call back later on. Yeah. Okay. All right. No problem. Yeah. So I didn't. So the so Gaddis is going to be out for four games. Bianco can't coach today. Goodness. And it's because the whole bench got a warning, which would include the coach. I I didn't realize that was the result of all that. What was it? So all but if you look at the SEC last night, all but what was it? All but one of the games, the winning team scored double digit runs. I don't even know if you call twenty seven. I mean, it's technically double digit, but that's super duper. <laughs> it's like good, and that's a football score, <clears throat> twenty seven to two. State got a safety. All right, uh, country please and text line, country please and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. It is the best sausage. Hands down, in my opinion. Try it out. I get mine at Walmart, too. Now, doggone said, Matt, how was it How was it trying to call a baseball game like that last night? Well, if you're asking me personally, I didn't call that one. But I've called some football games like that. <laughs> and let me just tell you, it's no fun. Well, you know, okay, comparing to games that are competitive, you know, it's no fun. I'd still, you're... Broadcasting a sporting event, which compared to nailing up shingles on the roof at noon, it's fun. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, the real unnamed texture says, it must be Will Rogers' fault that we couldn't score. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go ahead and be in uh, fall form. Is that what we're going to do? Uh, Robbie texted, because yesterday we were doing a, a trivia and a giveaway of two tickets to that game last night. They were good seats. And Robbie texted and said, that's one giveaway that I'm glad I didn't win. <laughs> you still would have had a good time. Eat some good food. They sell um, country pleasing sausage dogs at the concession stand with slaw on them. Yeah. Kyle texts the show and says, we need to investigate Tennessee and see if they're stealing signs. He says, I think they're at like 140 or more uh, home runs this year. Man, seven more last night. Isn't it incredible? Uh, Res Dog says, I wonder if Paul still wants to talk about baseball. 
Um, now, and someone's asking if Ole Miss could appeal the suspension. Well, I'm sure they could. You mean, like, tie it up in the appeals process? Yeah. My thinking on that is, since you do have the conference tournament, you wouldn't want to appeal it. It would depend on the, the time frame that you could appeal and get a ruling on it. If we're just talking about the pitcher who's supposed to be out for four games now. Because if it's possible that, okay, you appeal it, he's eligible now. He could pitch the rest of the weekend, maybe a game or two in Hoover, but we're going to rule on it within a week. And then if it gets ruled then that the suspension stands, then he's out the next four games, which is even worse than what you're at right now. You wouldn't want to risk that. You almost would want to just go, okay, because of the SEC tournament in between, we'll, we'll take it. I don't know, though. It is a good question. Okay, so Next Gen, he, he gave me the answers via text here. And I appreciate it, Next Gen Rev. He says, if AM sweeps this series, then Ole Miss is going to feel like they need two to three wins in Hoover just to sneak into the tournament. Now he says, if you somehow win the next two, win the series at home against AM, he says, then you still want to do well in Hoover because you feel like you might can work into a um, better spot, maybe even a host spot, he says, if somebody were to stumble a bit. But RPI, right now, the blessing and the curse. And I agree with that because, you know, and AM is really good, improved it last night. And, and Ole Miss is going to be up against it the rest of the weekend, but at least you're at home. But the home wins don't reward you as much in the RPI. That's why Hoover, really either way, is going to be important for Ole Miss for sure. All right, just getting started on this Friday, a free-for-all Friday. Whatever you want to talk about is fine with me. Pull up a chair, have a seat, drink some coffee, stick around. Do you have any idea what time it is? It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Talking more great sports for you, Mississippi. Online transmission is ready, sir. Hey! Back with you, I'm Matt, in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team, I got a tweet from VFLNMS. As in Vol for Life in Mississippi. And uh, cute little youngin in his picture that he sent me. They are in Starkville having some uh, two brothers barbecue for lunch. Got his Tennessee hat there. She's smiling ear to ear. There, It even looks like some kind of tacos or something there. I appreciate the picture. Glad y'all are enjoying the food. And if you're a Tennessee fan like you are, you enjoyed the baseball last night, didn't you? Let's see what we can get into here today on this Friday. Anything goes. Uh, let's head over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Joey, hanging on line one. What's up, Joey? Hey, this, this is the Matthew White show, correct? Tis. Tis, yes. I, I was, I was, I've just been thinking it all along that it's your show and you can tee it up however you want to. In fact, if, if somebody says something that's out of the direction you're wanting to go, me included, I you can say that. Hey, well, that's not what we're doing right now. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 your show, Matt. Yeah. Um, and and that's so very true. I bet Paul doesn't want to talk about any baseball today. <laughs> yeah, he just had. His, Paul it, don't want to see anything orange yeah. or or 
with a T or a he don't he won't use words with T's in them today if at all possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, orange. <laughs> but but, but uh, I I will say this, Matt. It you know, uh, I, and I heard I heard it said on another show, and it made a great deal of sense. If if the only thing you're going to benefit from saying something is feeling good, maybe don't say it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I thought it was, you know, uh, Jimbo calling the Nick Saban narcissistic. I'm thinking, hello, Kettle, have you met Pot? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought it was impossible to be narcissistic and juvenile at the same time, but those two pulled it off. Yeah. I thought narcissistic was an old person thing, but they sounded like two little rambling kids. And I just don't, restraint of pen and tongue is a good thing. I just don't know why they needed to go at one another like that, especially in public. I couldn't figure it out either, Joey. There, I can't understand why they would feel like they either one of them needed to do that. You know, Nick Saban on the front end, why he would feel like he needed to do I mean, I don't know. And then for Jimbo Fisher to, even after a night to sleep on it, why he would have called a 10 a.m. press conference and go in there and just blowtorch Nick Saban, I just, because it did come across as, like you said, juvenile is a good word. I didn't come up with that yesterday, but I think that's a good word. Unhinged is what I came up with. And the more I've thought about it, the less sense it made, really. And then, there's none of it makes any sense to me, Joey. The idea that, okay, if you're Deion Sanders at Jackson State or if you are Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, to be, to be uh, what's the word, offended that somebody would insinuate that your school has boosters that are pulling deals in name, image, and likeness space. Outside of the university, it's not coming through coaches. It's not coming through the athletics department. These are collectives and fans uh, you know, to try to compete. Yes, my, I, I get. Joey, we lose you. Hey, go ahead. You're good. I got you now. Hey, Matt. Yeah. World of life. I believe in the golden rule. It's just rewritten. He who makes the he who has the gold makes the rules. Um, Aflac probably pays Nick Saban quite a bit of money to do those commercials. He took a shot at his co-star in those commercials. <laughs> yeah, the fellow spoke. I for... mean, you don't think they're you don't think they're listening? Now, I know that money's not going to phase him at all. Um, but those coaches I guarantee you, I've heard, I heard Dan Mullen say it a lot, both at Mississippi State and Florida, and I've heard other coaches say it. Um, Matt Barnes said it at Meridian High. You know, y'all please don't go out and embarrass. Mm -hmm. when, when the team was leaving to go be away from the confines of the schools, y'all please don't go out and embarrass. Them. Well, I would ask those coaches to live by that own sentiment because they embarrass their instincts. Yeah. Well, and yesterday, you know, I, Joey, I, I yesterday, the SEC. It, yeah. Joey, yesterday, the Southeastern Conference put out a, a statement, and it was what they called a, quote, public reprimand of the two coaches. Right. 
And and I couldn't help but think to myself, you know, when I was 11 years old and I got on my bicycle and rode across town to my buddy Scotty's house and I wasn't supposed to go and I knew it. And when I got back home, I wish my dad had just given me a public reprimand instead of whipping my tail with a sawed off two by four. You know what I'm saying? A public reprimand would have been nice. And I was 11. But we've got well, 50 and 60-year-old millionaires out here <laughs> breaking the bylaws and getting a public reprimand. I mean, why do you think stuff like that happens? Because they're at the head of, they're at the top of the, the money driving thing. There you go with the gold deal. But, Matt, all I would say is we all, I as early as yesterday, and in fact, I'll tell you, it turned to went. Drove, turned around on four dollar gasoline and realized, wait a minute, I should have handled that differently. I, I had to force an issue to get something pushed through, but I could have went about it completely hmm. differently. Yeah, I see. And I, I turned around and went back and apologized as young lady. I said, hey, you know my my actions, the way I did that upset you, and that's regrettable. Hmm. We we all say things that we wish we hadn't. Of. Yeah. But I didn't sit there and go on a 20-minute right. rant. Right, I right. I mean, right. you know, it, it, I'm not saying that, that I'm I'm better than them. I'm just saying you've got to use some discretion. And i got to tell you, if, you know, money, is, 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 to me, it's the snow that covers that. As, you know, snow covers a lot of this. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Money, money is the snow that covers the poop on the ground. Mm. If I had that kind of lifestyle, I don't think I'd get bent out of shape about what somebody said about me. Because here's what I've learned. Here's what we've learned about backbiters. You know, Jimbo Fisher was talking about the Bible. Well, he needs to read that thing. Because one thing we've learned about backbiters from his Matt is they have an insatiable appetite. So you, I can defend myself all I want to. They'll just make up a new set of lies. Yeah. Once people get in that mode of aggression, they're not satisfied until they get everybody on their side or alienate everybody. They either gain a crowd or self-destruct. And it's just its a dangerous rub. And I'm not going to live on it today. We just need to be better to one another. That's all I'm thinking, Matt. Appreciate it, Joey. Thanks for the call, man. Call me anytime. Yeah, you know, after thinking about some last night, and uh, Saban went on to an interview yesterday afternoon and said that he was wrong to have singled anybody out. Um, and maybe that's true. Yeah, you know, go along with that, singling somebody out. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, you woke up yesterday morning going, Saban, why did he why did he feel like he had to do this and say that and and that's one thing. <laughs> but the but what happened with Jimbo yesterday? I, you what was he thinking by doing that? I mean, and then you you can't once you, you're a head coach in the SEC, you're at the top of the game in this billion dollar industry that is college football that supposedly has an, a, a governing body that investigates stuff. Okay. And you're Jimbo Fisher and you come out here and you say publicly, you can never get it back now. 
that Nick Saban is a cheater. Always has been. That's what he said. Did y'all realize that? Why is nobody saying that? Uh, look, honestly, if you're listening to the show, I understand. I've not today been able to tune in to other programs. Uh, the first I spoke to Bill was about 20 minutes before showtime. <laughs> Prior to that, other things going on. I hadn't listened to other shows. I haven't watched anything. Are other people saying that? Really? I mean, are other people even bringing this up? Do you understand that this is a guy that coached for Nick Saban that in front of cameras and a microphone said Nick Saban is a cheater? Nick Saban has been breaking rules everywhere he's been. All you got to do is look into it. Look into his past. He is a cheater. Really? I mean, that's what he said. Now what? <laughs> I mean, now what? <laughs> it is bonkers, man. It really is. All right. Coming to your texts next. I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stay with me. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Well, Joey said it. So we'll do it right now. It's my show. We can do what we want to. What was that old 50s song? It, it's my party. I can cry if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crying. It, it's my show, so I'm going to play you uh, some sound here of a story, a three-minute story from Jerry Clower titled Tater Rides a Moped. All of y'all know that my dearest and closest friend growing up was Marcel Ledbetter. I checked on him the other day. Marcel's still hauling pupwood. And he's got a young boy named Tater. Tater Ledbetter. That hips him. Tater loves to go to the wood yard because the man that's the manager of the wood yard owns one of them moped motorcycles. And while they're unloading the pup wood, old Tater rides a moped. Now he's forbidden to take it outside the wood yard. But this particular day, Tater saw an opening in the fence. And he give it to good guff. And went right out on the hard road and pulled up to the red light and stopped. About that time, a brand new Mercedes Benz pulled out of a brand new showroom, whooped around in the street, one of them $70,000 ones, and pulled up there and stopped at the red light. And the driver looked, and there's Tater on the moped right there. 
Taylor leaned over and put his nose on the glass trying to look in there. Driver of the Mercedes spooled the window down and Tater stuck his head over in there. Woo! Smell them leather seats. <laughs> Look at that dashboard. Looks like the console of a brand new cotton gin. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. Oh, sir, it's the most beautiful car I've ever seen in my life. Fellow said, thank you, young man. Thank you very much. Uh, Tater said, how fast would it go? He said, 120. <laughs> 120. About that time, a light changed. Tater swung back on the moped, and the man took off. And I mean, really show Tater how he could do it and just left tire tracks in the middle of the road. The man's going along doing about 90, and he sees a speck in his rearview mirror. And the speck's getting closer and closer. And about that time, the speck said, and he passed over here on the left-hand side. Man driving the Mercedes said, good gracious, that looked like that little old boy on that moped. <laughs> Ain't no way that could happen. About that time, he saw it coming back. <laughs> he said, it was, have mercy. <laughs> he done passed me twice. Looked in the rear view mirror and here he comes again, right at the back of that Mercedes. And he wham, runs into the back bumper. Man slams on brakes, jumps out. Tater had done bent the cooter shell on the back of that car. <laughs> and now he was laying down in the middle of that moped and parts strode everywhere. The man saw he was breathing and said, oh son. <laughs> Son, I sure hope you're all right. Is there anything in the world that I can do for you, son? Tater said, yes, sir. You can unhook my suspenders from your side view mirror. Uh-huh. <clears throat> he had a little slingshot going on, a little suspender slingshot going on over there. <laughs> yes, sir. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. The great Jerry Clower. <laughs> Tater rides the moped. Uh, uh, he did the cooter shell. Yeah, he put a dent in the cooter shell of that Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> it's a, like the dashboard, like the dashboard of a new cotton gin. The late, great Jerry Clower. All right. Uh, hey, Bill, on this day in 1993, the final episode of... Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Norm! <laughs> Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Norm had all those one-liners. Well, not really one-liners, but how's it going, Norm? Ah, uh, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Cheers. What a phenomenal show. Iconic show. 11 seasons, 
The final episode aired on this day in 1993. You know, they had it on Netflix. They've moved it to Hulu now, I think. I think it's Hulu now. Isn't Hulu an NBC thing? Shoot, I don't know. I know Peacock is. Yeah, that's right. Peacock's NBC. Well, heck, I don't know what it is then. Anyway, I think that's... Back uh, a couple summers ago, I got into watching the old um, Cheers episodes. They had them on Netflix. They took them off, and now, now I'm pretty sure they're on They're on Hulu now. But 11 seasons worth. So, do you prefer Cheers in the early years when... Um, coach was around when you had coach before he yeah. in real life came, passed away yeah, and then woody came in yeah, and before you so do you prefer it early with coach or later years with woody and you also had two different uh women on there too so. right i was going to get to that kirstie allen and then yeah was her name shelly russell not shelly yeah, shelly long shelly long yeah, yeah. so shelly long or kirstie alley see here's my thing i liked it i i'm i'm actually a little more of a fan of the early me too. When you had Coach in the first few seasons of Coach, and you had Shelley Long, right? Then I was Kirstie Alley. But the thing is, after about season, well, right around season three is when the guy playing Coach got really sick. Yeah. And you could see it watching the show, and his part was really diminished. So when Woody came along, it I I liked that character a lot. <laughs> so. It's a shame that Shelley Long couldn't have stuck with the show. But it was good anyway. So made some big stars, you know, Ted Danson and a lot, not a lot of people you knew about until that show. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't really know about him prior to that, did you? He, he's on a new show now, Mr. Mayor. It's on NBC. Yeah, he's been on all kinds of stuff he's over been the years. Been around a while. You know, okay, so Cheers ended in ninety three and Right about that time is when he and those other two guys, including Tom Selleck, made that movie. <laughs> Three Men and a Baby. Three yeah. Men and a Baby. Yeah, that was Remember a great that? Movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, baseball tonight. Let me give you the game times. Baseball tonight. Looks like, am I right? Is Auburn and Kentucky playing a double header today? Surely not. I don't know what's up with that. But they didn't play last night. I know we don't have a score last night from Auburn and Kentucky, so maybe they're either playing two today or two tomorrow. Heck, I don't know. They're going to play today at least one. It's at Kentucky in in, uh, Lexington, 19th-ranked Auburn up there. Uh, Georgia is hosting Missouri this weekend, and Missouri beat Georgia like a drum last night, put up double digits on the Bulldogs. It's uh, a 5.30 central time first pitch for that one. Game two, State and Tennessee, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> Six o'clock tonight. Preston Johnson will be on the mound for State. Six o'clock first pitch at uh, Duty Noble. And a 6.30 first pitch at Swayze and Oxford. Game two is Ole Miss hosts sixth-ranked Texas A&M. You know, and you got to say right now, too, you point to it and go, the job that Jim Schlossnagel has done in year one at Texas A&M, you know, he been a great coach for a lot of years at TCU, led TCU to some national prominence, College World Series appearances, that sort of thing. Makes the jump to A&M. This is his first year 
over the offseason, he really went to work in a transfer portal. Like he did the Lane Kiffin thing, and that is just hit home run after home run in the transfer portal and built the team into what they have. And it's taken him a little while to maybe gel and figure it all out. But man, they're playing good baseball here lately. They're a top 10 team. They're going to host in the postseason. So you know, AM is really tickled uh, with the way things are working out with Schlossnagel so far. Anyway, game two tonight in Oxford, 6.30 first pitch for that one. Uh, up in Nashville, you'll have a six central first pitch between LSU and Vandy. LSU hit a bunch of home runs last night and whipped Vanderbilt. Tonight at seven central, Arkansas is in Tuscaloosa taking on Alabama. Arkansas won last night. And then you'll have game two tonight between South Carolina and Florida. Real unnamed texters telling me that uh, Kentucky Auburn got rained out last night. And, um, Next Gen Rev says that he didn't know that little nugget about Cheers. His wife's name is Shelly, and her sister is Kirsty. Totally unrelated to the show, as far as he knows. <laughs> yeah, you need to ask some questions. Mom, Dad, y'all, y'all big Cheers fans, tell the truth. <laughs> All right, uh, that's hour one in the books. Hour two on this Friday coming up. Stick around.